What's up, guys? Art Morrison III here, your host of the Third Degree Podcast. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. It's one of the uh, more recent episodes. It's a 2020 episode, but I had my boy Chris Darden on here. And Chris Darden is um, in the real estate industry. He's tried literally every strategy there is within the real estate game and found his home uh, doing construction in uh, you know the Philadelphia metro, South Jersey area. And now actually you'll hear on this podcast has ventured out to Cleveland. So uh, we tapped into Chris's story a little bit. We obviously dropped some gems, not only for our entrepreneurs and business folks, but for our real estate professionals, um, you know, real estate professionals in general. So can't wait for you guys to enjoy this episode. Don't forget to follow the Third Degree Podcast on Instagram. Comment, DM, let me know what you think of this episode. And that's it. Here it is. All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Third Podcast. You already know who it is. It's your boy Art Morrison the Third, and as usual, episode five, the theme of season three, we've been having a special guest on every single episode that can provide some sort of value to all of my listeners and viewers. Now, since we got the YouTube popping as well, so with that being said, as you all can see, if you're watching and if you're listening. I'm extremely proud to uh, introduce uh, one of my good friends, one of my good brothers who's been uh, an entrepreneur as long as I've known him in several different spaces. Um, somebody is very few people who I could like follow on Instagram and be inspired and be pushed and be motivated because it's somebody my age, somebody that looks like me, somebody that is showing the same grind as me. It's very few. And I'm extremely, uh, I'm gonna insert the hand claps, right? The cheers, but I'm extremely proud and excited to introduce to you all Chris Darden here on the third podcast. Chris, thanks for coming through, bro. How you doing today? Oh man, pleasure, pleasure to be be here to be able to come through for sure, for sure. Uh, today I'm, I'm feeling great, feeling marvelous. Uh, really elated, a lot of energy, uh, just flowing from uh, just the core. I feel like on my being, and uh, I guess before I even get into myself, I guess I'll really say why. Uh, I know you was watching. Uh, I was on Brandon's podcast the other day. Yeah, but just. It's been it's been a time I, I like to call it I've been in album mode so I just really been focusing on myself and really trying to build my machines from the inside before I go out and continue to market and continue to build because we always hustling we always chasing everything's yep. always, always expanding um, but I haven't really been vocal about the type of success that I've been having lately and like you know just where I stand as an entrepreneur today um, but you know we're going through this pandemic and what really like lit the fire under me uh, like I lost my grandfather um, uh, this past week. And uh, due to COVID and uh, a few other things, he had health issues. But wow. uh, um, it just kind of connects back to just the just the lineage of just my family and just really what we what we stand for, and you know, just always carrying that last name first mentality. So I feel like I got away from the core of that for a while, and uh, it just elated me to just kind of speak and just kind of put some yeah. energy out here. And uh, you know, we here today. So that's big, bro. First of all, sorry for your loss, man. Um... That, that's extremely tragic and a lot of people are affected by like this pandemic right now and i've been trying for like the last two months of quarantine and all that to pull the positives out of it you just mentioned both of them i mean um like or, or positives out of both of those situations so not only the pandemic and us being confined to our homes but then like you actually suffered a loss due to the pandemic and other things um but it has created a space where like people like you or me who are constantly always busy always locked in in the field to like lock in the other way, which means lock in just you yourself as the CEO, right, of your last name and of your company, which we'll talk about in a little bit, 
and really on a micro level, like you said, work from the inside out and grow. And I noticed, um, cause like I said, in regards to like following you on online and everything and just being inspired by you, I noticed changes in people on IG. Cause like I do so much on IG and social media and the internet in general that like I could scroll back on my pages and see moods and see like where I was. So when I see people like yourself or really anyone who I actually know in person, I'm like, okay, I see what's going on. He's locked in. Okay, I see what's going on. He's like, he's ready to present himself to the world now. Like he's ready. And that's kind of where I feel you're at right now with this pandemic, like real locked in. Like, all right, hold on. Like, I'm catching my swag right now. I'm catching my flow. And it's time that everybody know who Chris Darden is. Right. Yeah, so for sure. And especially from uh just from this perspective of myself, like, like you said, like you can look back and see moves of yourself. So like I can I, I do the same thing. Like you feel me? There's so many phases and layers of it. And uh it's like I know where I'm trying, who I'm trying to become, and I gotta be locked in, laser focused, and capitalizing on who I am right now, because that's what's really gonna get me to the next stage of where I'm trying to go to. And uh, really, the end goal is really like, you know, just all, really about legacy and lineage and stuff like that. Uh, when we get down to the to the bare basics of it, right? <clears throat> in my specific situation, it was a, a reawakening to me because, like, on my on my father's side of the family, he has five brothers and sisters, but he's the I'm the only child though, so on that side so nobody else had kids so wow. early on like i was kind of like a chosen i was chosen in a sense but like i always carried that type of energy but i never really looked at my uh like the mom side of my family that way because you know it's a little bit more going on with our family and like you know my, my mom has a brother right and then i have a brother so my uncle though her brother doesn't have any kids so my brother doesn't have any kids i have three kids so my grandfather that just died is a darden so i got all this family around me but like regardless of all of these people he's the lineage of the name of what's going on you feel me even my grandmother that my that's my mom's mom isn't really a darden like he's the actual one so yeah yeah die i'm not that close to him because i'm more close to the you know the women and things like that you know, yeah. build with him but like i know him enough but i didn't get to build with him on a level to be able to take whatever he built or understood and be able to carry it so it was like we don't, we don't have any uh, family wealth or no money coming behind it or, you know, he didn't have any businesses. He was a baker and worked for Stroman's forever. And that was the era, like get a job, mm -hmm. work for years, and then you retire. But like, it just really woke me up to be like, yo, by the time I see my great my grandkids, my great grandkids, if the matriarch is taken out, you feel me? What is going to be here? Or how is it, how, you know, is it going to be biscuits in the oven to be able to continue to bake or whatever? You feel me? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I like this. So let's go back for a second, right? I'm, I'm going to give you a couple minutes, not only to, because you, you mentioned um, who you want to be or who you're going to be, right? And, and pouring into that. And then you started talking about kind of legacy and moving forward as well. But I want to go back. Let's talk about um, you know, the last two or three defining years of your life, or even more if you got more. Um, and then like the transition, and then tell us who you are right now, right? And then who you plan on being, right? And then try to squeeze all that in three minutes. Okay, Go. three minutes. So <laughs> I would probably say like I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur first. So my main state is real estate. Um, my primary company is Black Diamond Construction Services. Uh, we have Black Diamond REI. I own a few other investment companies, Wyatt One Holdings, I'm a partner in, uh, Chris Redard in real estate investing as well. So my ultimate goal is to become uh, a, the biggest real estate investor developer that I can be, um, end up 
you know, developing multifamily, developing new construction and, you know, holding a, a strong portfolio to be able to pass down or, you know, get all the great fruits of the, the labor, what happens within the real estate business. Um, yeah. I have aspirations to have a multi-million dollar construction company. Uh, I would say we somewhat on our way. So looking forward to that. And uh, just really what I come from is just really a series of different businesses. I've been in fashion, uh, building clothing brands. Uh, you know, I do consulting and things like that from a marketing standpoint, being able to help entrepreneurs develop. So I guess, um, you know, another fashion company and training company, Marathon Sport, uh, you know, beauty salon as well, a boutique room by Lisa. Um, boutique hair collection, another company LLC. Um, we sell uh, virgin hair and uh, you know hair products and combs and brushes, things like that, to be able to accentuate other businesses. So like I'm just do it all, darling. <laughs> I'm a fanatic about business. I understand what it is that I'm a visionary, so I can see things. So when I see them, I understand how to build them. It's a different beast when it comes down to being able to manage and maintain and scale and develop. So that's a whole nother monster. But you know I'm a big visionary guy, so um, it's easy for me to. I don't know, create. Create a vision. Create business. <laughs> so I guess that that's my three my, my quick pitch on who I am. Yeah. And where I'm going is currently right now building the biggest real estate empire that I can build. And then so, so real estate is your main like so uh you mentioned as your main thing. Would you say that's like your 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 purpose? Do you feel purpose driven in real estate? I am I would say I am definitely I'm crazy. I'm crazy about real estate. Like every day, I think about real estate. Like it's nothing that burns. Like th this specific goal right now for me in my life right now, getting properties, buying them, owning them. Like it's nothing more that I desire than doing that. Yeah. Like it's nothing else. I can't even say anything burns that much. Like it might be my kids or like the love for something, but like yeah, where where, where the core of me is. So where did that come from? Uh I don't know. I really don't know. I always wanted to get into real estate. Uh, I ended up, you know, meeting Jay Morrison, your brother, uh, yeah. what, around 2013 or something like that. So around 2014 is when I was introduced to wholesaling. That's how I figured out how to get into real estate from a technical standpoint. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I was already an entrepreneur. I had a I had a fashion company, so I knew how to set up a business. I knew how to market. You know, so it was just for me. Uh, creating a different platform you know i started right. you know i started out hustling in the streets before i got to my uh clothing line so that was how i got the concept of business and being able to uh transact and supply and demand right. that specific business model right there was the easiest translation in the wholesaling because you done did it a thousand times already yeah it's like all right cool it's just houses it's just contract it's just paper i knew how to move it and that's just I feel like we're we're all uh, manifested holistically, but I was trying to buy houses like in high school. I was hustling. I had like you know a little five grand, six grand. Yeah. And buy a house, you know. We see a foreclosure. It's a big uh, hoopla about foreclosures, how cheap they are. Right. Yeah, I remember, I remember, I made a call. Nice little house, and the agent just shut me down. Like he crushed me. Like you know, well, he was basically trying to see where I was at with it at the time. In hindsight, I was trying to see how I could get it. Like I had a little bit of money. Like. If you don't have ten thousand dollars on hand and you know uh seven hundred something credit score, this <laughs> right. You might as well just hang the phone up basically, you just shut it down and like it hurt my spirit a little bit, but then I saw like I wasn't where I really needed to be to attain it. But like that was just like a all right, cool, I'm gonna go keep hustling. You feel me? Yeah. That, that was all it was. But um I feel like the first real seeds though, my mom bought a house when I was in uh 
in sixth grade. So I lived in an apartment, basically it's like our town projects in a sense in Northtown since I was, till I was five. And then my mom ended up buying a duplex, but she ended up converting the duplex into a single family house. So I got to be a part of like the early stages of like just knocking out a wall, hitting it with a hammer or like doing yeah. work, pulling the bushes out. It probably took my mom like maybe a course of eight years to really like fully turn the house over, but long yeah. having like the nicest house on the block over time. And uh, that was, was just like early experience. I wasn't really like trying to buy houses at the time, but like, you feel me? I yeah. seen and I'm just like, I, I was going to ask that. I was going to say, is this something that happened when you was younger? Cause I, I remember when I was younger, like, I went to like five high schools, right? So my mom and dad was getting divorced. They was like doing a lot of moving. Um, and even just younger than that, like being real, real young, just now I'm older, I understand like just a, um, you know, a young black woman in America trying to get stable, right? Like trying to figure it out still. Like I didn't know that at the time, but we were moving a lot, right? So I remember we finally, I think my mom finally got in a position to purchase a home. I think Jay tells this in his story as well. I think she ended up getting a home, like basically right in the smack dead center of like the hood in our area. But um, I think she got the house for like 90,000 or something like that. Um, but I remember shopping for that house and I just loved it. Like when my mom said she was gonna look at houses, I could have been playing ball, bro. I could have been playing with Pokemon, whatever. I was stopping what I was doing. Like, nah, mom, I want to come. I just liked it a lot. I like the concept of like, bro, because when my mom was going through that, I don't, I didn't even remember that. I remembered that, but I remember going to go look at houses. I can't remember what they look like, all the intricacies of them, but like that was definitely a thing. Like I, I like that. I was like, yo, I want to. Like, mom, you about to buy this house? Like, she would ask me like dead serious, asking like a ten year old. What you think of this one? What you think it is? Because I would give like real feedback, like, oh, the yard was small. Like, I remember if I called her right now, put her on this podcast, she would tell the story because I was really into it. It was like weird how into it I was. And then, same thing, bro. When we finally did get the house, it was, I'm not gonna call it like a crack house, but the house, it was like cigarette butts in the windowsill, like just nasty, greasy. I remember I said to my mom, wait, that's the oven? I'll never eat off that oven. But obviously, you know, my mom, she got the pine saw popping in like, <laughs> like a brand new oven, like a little while later, I ain't know no better. But long story short, she basically flipped the house over a span of like, you know, um, five years or so, like very similar to your situation. And I think, bro, I think that goes a long way, like in like where we are now of like, just that experience of even understanding the concept of um, pouring into something. Right. Even if you take real estate out of it, and you just think business mm-hmm. and think of starting from something low, right? Or starting with nothing, essentially, and um, investing into yourself, whether that's through sweat equity, like Mom Dukes was doing, knocking out walls or putting a hammer in, in a 12-year-old hand, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, buying a property that may not be desirable at first, but you're getting it low for like 90000 or something like that. And then I think my mom ended up selling that house for like one ninety. you know what I mean? So she came up with hundred grand over that five years um my but mom. that's big bro that that that's oh, man real estate bro i'm happy you brought that up first because a lot of my listeners they want to hear it they want to hear the real estate stories and all of that so with that being said introduces more so to your construction company okay. and goals directly at that and then also bro don't be afraid to share where they can find you right where they can find the construction company or how they can get in contact with you but bust down real quick i know we spoke on the phone earlier bust down real quick what Black Diamond Construction is about, what they do, and kind of the process of like what, what your model is. Okay, for sure, for sure. So 
Black Diamond Construction Services, I would say first and foremost, you can reach us on our website at www.blkdiamondconstruction.com. First and foremost. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the hotline if you need to call that, 267-380-0308. Uh, Instagram, uh, beautiful page, beautiful pictures. Um, you can basically see our whole portfolio there. That's at BLK Diamond Construction. Uh, but basically, we specialize in uh, demolition, uh, brick exposure. Uh, you know, we do a lot of hauling, uh, clean outs, uh, basically a lot of your general labor uh, services. Uh, we do do full home remodels as well. Uh, but, you know, the core of us is um, in the demolition space and uh, we've been crushing it the last few years. And uh, it's really been able to help us grow from, uh, you know, small small company just starting out. You know, guys not matching shirts, no matching boots. Guys got sweats and stuff on. You know, to a full fledged beast. We got a nice, uh, you know, four or five truck fleet. Uh, we have anywhere between you know four to twelve guys on staff, and uh, you know, a bunch of subcontractors that we deal with as well um, to complete our, uh, you know, fulfillment. But when, uh, when did you start that company? Uh, 2017 was was our start year. So. So you guys are only three years old. Tell me about that three years a little bit. Like, tell me the ups, the downs, like, you know what I mean? How did you get to wh where you are now with a, with a fleet of several cars and a couple guys on staff all the way from dudes with, you know, not matching t-shirts or in sweatsuits or ACG boots? <laughs> you didn't get like that. So basically, uh, 2017, uh, I came back home uh, from living in Jersey and, uh, I started up starting this, starting this company with two of my friends from uh, my childhood friends. Probably been down since like fourth grade, fifth grade, and uh, you know, perfect perfect marriage or whatever the case may be. But it was really was an ancillary service for me because my investment company wasn't doing so hot, so I didn't have uh, you know wholesale deals to continue to sell my clients. So um, as a wholesaler, one as you get the deals, you always got to call the contractor to kind of help you evaluate it so the person can understand what it is um, that they're buying, right? So. That was always an issue to get guys to come out and you're not spending no money. So you got to really build that good faith with the contractor that, yo, is you mean well and there's money coming on the other side of your referrals and what you got going on, right? So yeah. I understood early that I needed to have my own system in place, one, and then two, my goal was intentionally to be able to buy as much real estate as possible. So that I knew that I didn't need to keep trying to vet out contractors and see who can give me the best price and have three guys come and look when I could own a piece of the company that was going to end up doing the work anyway. So... I uh, looked at it as a double opportunity for myself. And uh, uh, initially we started the company and uh, I took a minority stake in it and figured that it would be a secondary business to me focus on my real estate investment company. But it ended up growing, uh, you know, kind of quickly more than I expected where it became my mainstay and uh, I had to stay on top of it to keep it sustainable. And, uh, you know, I'm three years in now and I'm just getting to the brink of the point where I've, uh, you know, built a subsidiary company, uh, Black Diamond REI, to be able to capitalize on what we've been able to build from a construction standpoint. And uh, we have great clients, a lot of, lot of, lot of big clients. But basically, timeline-wise, I'll pay to say the first six months, I wasn't really focused on it at all. I got multiple ventures going on. This is just yeah. and my partners are running the day-to-day -day stuff. I'm just there trying to bring in new clients. And uh, basically, so, mm -hmm. so you're a true entrepreneur. I saw a video today that said like. The difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner is that a business owner was sync with the ship, an entrepreneur jump ship, right? Mm -hmm. So you basically started Black Diamond Construction because, like you said, your, your real estate investment company wasn't doing so hot and you needed a way to, A, pivot and find another angle and make money, but B, potentially save that other company, right? And leverage yourself in other different ways to make that company more valuable. 
if I'm understanding correct. Because it's only three ways to grow and sell. You got to continue to sell the same person, the same product over and over again. You got to sell them a different product or you got to get a new client. So I had to figure out what that different product was. My clients were, you know, buying three, four, five properties every month, regardless if they were buying them from me or someone else. So what else can we do to be able to get into the pockets of the client and help service their business? That's a gem right there. We're going to chop that up into a soundbite because that's powerful right there. You definitely... Um, it's only one way to scale, or would you say there's only two ways to scale? No, three three ways to grow. And three sell. ways to grow. Yep, continue to sell the same product over and over again to the same person. Mm-hmm. You gotta sell that same person a different product, mm-hmm. or get a new client. Understood, understood. I like that, bro. So yeah, continue, man. So now, where is your company at? So you're three years in. Um, and what does your look your company look like right now at this very moment? Uh, at this very moment, I'll probably say. Uh, Dude, at, in the in the COVID state right now, everything's kind of like locked up. So like what we're really doing from a 2020 perspective is kind of like on autopilot in a sense. We're really just focusing on uh, the back end, putting in better processes to be able to scale up once, you know, obviously the doors uh, open up. But, uh, you know, we crossed that uh, quarter million dollar mark um, from a growth standpoint. That's what I was looking for, that number. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, we continuing to try and, you know, get to that half a mil mark. So that's, that's where we... Uh, that's what our focus is financially, but you know, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work that comes in, involved with it. And I understand that like the difference between the models is that it's so crazy because you can have these great gross numbers and stuff, but the expenses are completely different than dealing with your investment company. Um, so, uh, you know, just say for for numbers' sake, you might be in a project for you know, just say fifteen thousand dollars, and by the time you end up spending materials and you spend this and you spend that, you feel me? You all be in your budget. You know, to say ten thousand dollars, and then you still got to pay Uncle Sam. You got partners. You got, you know, so it can get a little bit not really daunting, but technical from a kind yeah. of net perspective. Like you got to really start to understand the model and how the expenses move, especially when you're doing uh, full rehabs and stuff like that, because it's a lot more numbers that's moving. And yeah, a lot of moving numbers. So you would you say we only four months in, and one of those months was basically quarantine. Would you say that you were on pace for, for this to be your strongest year? Your stronger, yeah, your strongest year. Yeah, that's our our goal. So our goal for this year is to have our most profitable year. So profitable. okay, that's, that's our that's our main goal. Have our most profitable year because nothing else really matters. Like you can have the great growth. If your net isn't nice, then it doesn't make a difference. So we'll mm-hmm. so try to take it take it back in the phases, right? So about that six month mark, it was about all right. You need to bring more value to the table, bring more clientele in. So. We had a steady base of guys that was paying us on, uh, I guess I would call it an hourly rate. So we would get, uh, they would say, we need six guys for the next three days or whatever the case may be. And we'll pay you, we're paying $25 an hour. We bring the labor in for $10 an hour. We make $15 an hour ahead off of each person. And that's how we initially started to grow our business. Uh, we weren't getting contracts. So uh, by the time we got to like month eight, eight or so, I ended up breaking into you know, our first contract um, we got smoked on it. It was a uh, $5,000 that we got and uh, we ended up having to do three demos like you can never I can't do one demo for $5,000. So yeah, <laughs> I sweat equity in but we, we mocked them Jones. You feel me? And it was really for me about Starting to understand how the numbers work what the expenses look like because I didn't know I never ordered a dumpster before Yeah, bought a bunch of shovels and stuff like I didn't know what none of the, the stuff costed trash bags things like that so um, I really got to get that first hands-on bite and it was like we a couple of days into it, we like, they like, my partner's like, dang, like, ah, like, yo, you just, 
super undershot this joint, but like yeah. I knew that the content was more important than anything else. Yeah. Any contracts right now, these guys are just paying us hourly. But once our following and our base and our business base, because mind you, I already have a, a group of, of contractors, not contractors, of investors. Investors, in yeah. Company. So if I can get them and let them know that we're doing this stuff, I know that it is money there. So, so, so you knew that in business, like money isn't always the most important. You knew that you needed activity. You knew that you needed content for marketing. You knew that you just needed to make those connections. You needed people to see you actually conducting business, right? You had to get started in some way, shape or form. Right. And, and I, although you would like to do that for the right price, you, you end up un, under, you know, um, you know, underbidding. But at the end of the day, you was conducting business, which absolutely. is more than a lot of people can say in, in any industry. Yeah, absolutely. And that was my first, that was my first, you know, $5,000. I never seen $5,000 happen like that. So yeah. that was cool enough for me to like, be like, all right, at the time, like, yo, like the, the jobs we were doing, we were making money, but it's not, it wasn't that much money, you know? Yeah. Money. We might make 360 bucks or something like that off the top of them at the end of the week or, you know, 500 at the end of the week. So it was, it was a huge step for me. And, uh, but you was willing to make low money though, for the sake of growing your business, which a lot of people don't understand, but they want the home run from the beginning. Not understand like, yeah, you got a bunt. You might even have to strike out a couple of times just so people can see you up at bat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it was big. It was the crazy part. It was big money to me at the time of the of transacting the business. It was big money. Like mm -hmm. we didn't really know that we got smoked until we got into doing it. It's two days, three days in and it's like, all right, we can see how fast the money is going to go. We we need to be charging at least, you know, five grand or so for each property itself. We yeah. smacked them though. We did what we had to do. We still made a profit. That was the crazy part about it. You feel me? Wow. We all in house, but um, that ultimately led us to our next contracts, which uh, we I went directly and started marketing in the city of Philadelphia to get you know in the hustle and bustle, bigger market, right? And uh, the next contract jobs that we had, uh, we ended up doing for like five thousand or fifty five thousand a piece, and it was two properties that we had from the one investor. So right there. You know, within a, a less than a month's time, it was almost like a double up on what we just made off of, you know, trying to do for three. Yeah. We, we getting that right now. So, and, you know, ultimately it's still, compared to where we are now, that was still low, but it got us to all the next people and being able to continue to build our business up for whereas though we can charge not really a premium. We're not the highest guys on the market, but we mid tier, you know, we not, we can't just do it for anything. And that's what ties back into, having our most profitable year. It's a lot of times where, um, you know, we might sell ourselves short, or we might take a deal um, and, you know, we might not need to sell ourselves short or we might not have to, but it's just all about continuing to create the content, make money and keep guys fed and keep, you know, at least the workers paid and made made money. But, you know, at this point, we can, see, we can see how much money we've been able to make. And now it's about retaining it, reinvesting and figuring out how to uh, strategize and maximize the beast that we got. So. That's a big gem right there. I mean, so, and I want to take that moment really to explain to people the difference between gross and net. <laughs> a lot of people don't even know, right? Gross is everything that your business made before any expenses, right? So that means like my company might make a hundred grand and I could wave around that I made a hundred grand, but we might've had 90 K in expenses, mm -hmm. which again, being able to gross, you know, six figures is still good as a business. But for you personally and the growth, the actual growth of your business, like net is ultimately the most important. Like you want to profit, for which sure. is what a lot of people understand. So even like 
I remember starting my business and the famous saying is like, oh, when you start a business, you don't make money for the first two to five years. Right. And people don't even understand like what that means right. or, or you don't profit for the first two to five years. And people are like, how does that make sense? How do you, how do you not make any money? But what they're referring to is right. Really that relationship between net and gross. So like right. your company might be grossing a lot, but like you just said, you're taking all those profits and you're reinvesting them in the company. Mm -hmm. right? So they're not necessarily essentially profits because you're still spending them on expenses. Right. Sure. So when you look at it that way, I, I anytime I start a business, I look at that timeline. Like, all right, this first couple years, like I'm taking every dollar that this company makes. If you're able to, obviously you gotta, you know, feed yourself and all that, even though paying yourself is also an expense. That's a whole nother yeah. <laughs> right. Um I like taking every dollar and putting it towards growing my company. That might mean hiring more staff, it might mean hiring a cameraman, right? It might mean Bro, the, the hoodie you got on, right? It might mean making sure all your guys got hoodies, right? All these kind of things. So, you know, like huge shout out to you and anybody who's listening. Yo, when you're an entrepreneur, you're starting a business, you got to feed that business so that when somebody call you to be on a podcast, you could be on the podcast with a hoodie <laughs> that got your brand on it, right? When somebody asks where they could find you, you could give them a website and the phone number, the hotline and the IG. You, got, you can't just be out conducting I don't want to say ghetto business, but just conducting business, saying you conduct the business is definitely levels to it. And if you want to reach that level, it's going to require some sort of investment, right? At the initial start of your company. Absolutely. And we're kind of ties in that from a timeline perspective. Like when we jumped from at that six to eight month mark, when we jumped from the county work to going into the city, um, I ended up reaching out to uh, Greg Parker, a big business. And he's like, you know, big, big real estate Philly guy here. Yeah. A lot of people tuned into and, uh, he basically had put a post out and said, hey, I need some workers to come, you know, knock this demo off and like, you know, get at me. So we ended up uh, putting six guys on the table for him. We ended up going to work that next day. But it was still the same type of situation uh, how we had in the county with the guys. They were just paying hourly. So he was paying guys like 60, 70 a day or whatever it was. Um, so by the time we ended up getting finished that one project, which it ultimately ended up getting us to that next the projects I was talking about, those two contractors, because there was uh, local investors that were uh, in like of Big Biz or, you know, had investment properties around them, they ended up seeing us. And that's how we ended up coming in at $2 a square foot and getting the contract for the $2 for five grand to do the demo. And, uh, mm. but it was like, it was like a big, it was a big, it was a big jump and a big moment for us to be able to kind of get in the mix for real. For yeah. real. My partners was like, yo, I'm like, we need to stay down with this joint. Like, you feel me? But they like, no, our company's not making any money from this. So guys can walk away and be paid. I'm like, at least our workers can stay and get paid. And like, we can try and work our way up to a contract in 30 days or 60 days with them. Cause we know he has a lot of property. They like, if the company's not making no money, then we not doing it. And I got overruled, but we stood on it. You know, that was the yeah. only project that we ever did for him. But um, again, the content, it was like a 3,200 square foot property, big monsters demo we was able to take the content and leverage and get to the next step. And, you know, kind of been out there in the city killing it ever since building a brand. Now, when you refer to content, cause like we use this word often and mm -hmm. people don't, might not know really what that means. When you're using this word content, what, what does that mean to you? Uh, that means uh, documenting the process, taking pictures of the before pictures, um, taking pictures during it's happening, taking pictures after it's done so they can see the quality of it. Uh, Behind the scenes, all that. Yup, that means video if, 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 if need, if necessary, if that's your lane, but making sure it's being documented. And what do you do with that content? 
I put it on Instagram. Um, we got a YouTube channel as well. We starting to do some more things on YouTube. Uh, doing everywhere. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, I feel like at some point, like I want to be able to put together, you know, just some type of documentaries, just stuff like that, that I can say that, you know, this is where we've been, this is our journey. Things that bring brand equity, things that help you market, potentially run advertising, right? All that stuff. If somebody Google your name, you flooding the internet with content. Absolutely. That will essentially tell your story or, or, or say what you what you do without you having to hop on podcasts and, and say it. You know what I mean? Um, yep. And speak volumes for you. So, bro, being from Philly, uh, well, I mean, I know you from, I, where are you from exactly? I'm from Norristown. So Norristown. Where's that relativity to Philly for, for listeners and viewers? 25, 30 minutes. I can take the expressway or I can take Ridge Ave and shoot straight directly into the city from our main street here. So it's all one street. So who, who um, do like people from Norristown, they, they rep Philly? Like, you know how Jersey cats, like I'm, I'm not from, I, I could pick a city in Jersey that I want to rep, you know what I mean? Like. It depends. It's like, you got people from Norristown that rep Norristown. We got a couple notable people that's uh, out here doing different things. You know, my guy, Khalif White, play overseas, help the city down, uh, our town down, and really put the city on the map in terms of Temple when he did his, his time over there. Uh, we got Bill Collector, big battle rapper. Y'all might see him on URL. Yeah. Um, same block, grew up together. Um, you know, it's a, you know, a couple other like ball players and stuff like that, but it's not many people that's doing big stuff on a bigger level. So immediately I feel like even uh, like a uh, black poppy rapper, he's budding rapper right now. He's coming out going crazy, doing big things. Y'all might want to look into him uh, for sure, for sure. Y'all see it, but <laughs> our sound and like, you know, in and out of the city, but it's almost like that bigger market. We 20 minutes away, we got the same Schuylkill River. It's like when you want to go big and go national, like you got to put yourself on a, on a national platform in a sense. So saying Narstown is not going to get you that that spread that you won't get. You feel me? You still, I feel like you still hold it down, but I feel like from a business standpoint, that's really where I became a man and became an entrepreneur at. So like, that's why I really go, go hard Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. a big part of me growing as a, as a business and as a man. That's a perfect answer. Cause that's basically where I was going with it. <laughs> like, I don't even got to ask you the question that that's perfect. So, you basically tapped into that demographic and that exposure. Absolutely, like hundred percent. Like you know, you can ride a you can ride a bike down to the city if you would really if you really about it. So yeah, thirty. You feel me? It might take you longer. It might take you an hour, but you feel me? It's a thirty minute drive in the car. You mentioned a couple rappers. In it. You, you dabble in the music industry at all? You like the type to own a label? Uh, I tried. So back when I uh, came out of high school. Uh, I went to my community college for three semesters and uh, I majored in business. My minor was communication. So uh, at the time I was doing my fashion company, Lear Lifestyle, and uh, I had the opportunity to uh, go to the Grammys and like, you know, just do, do some other things through the minor. So I tried the studio thing and all that type of stuff. From a management perspective, I managed DJs, I managed uh, artists before. And, you know, I think it's just, for, for me, more or less, it's more about uh, the marketing and the branding and the product development and being able to shop a product, which could be yeah. a, and kind of setting stuff up like that. That's more so my lane that I, that I kind of fell in love with. Yeah, you got a favorite rapper? Jay-Z, all day. Okay, oh, word, I'm a, I'm a whole fan too. Uh, you got a, you mentioned a couple rappers earlier. You have a favorite rapper out of, out of Philly area, Norristown? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm 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 go Black Poppy, for sure. Black Poppy, I, I gotta look him up. You vouching for him, Black Poppy. Okay, he carrying it real crazy, like. It's me? spelled like Black Poppy, P A P P A P I. 
Big man hustle, you feel me? <laughs> yeah. That's fire right there. And you can't you carrying it real crazy though. Like well, you you gonna see it. You and, take uh, No, nah, that, that's dope. You, you take uh now all this stuff that you know, you obviously have a vast knowledge of business, right? All the way from community college to everything that you're doing now and being a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. They asked you because you mentioned you had kids, and it wouldn't be right if we ain't mentioned to ask about the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about tell me about your kids. How old are they? Boys, uh, girls, like what, what you got? What's going on? I got all boys. I got all boys and uh, lineage. Maximilian, he's seven. Uh, Aiden is two, and Luciano, he's two. We're both about to be three, so got three kids. Or so you um another another little. Quick, I had five. Actually, when I was in high school, um, I had twins coming out of high school. So my senior year, I was expecting when I got into college, when I was going through that time, that was when they was born. And uh, we can get into that whole other story. But basically, they died. They, they were born prematurely, and uh, they ended up dying in that process. So that was like oh, a wow. real big part of like, like my life changing Like in a short amount, less than a year, like the whole thing just kind of like, it was a crazy little roller coaster for me. Wow! See, now nah, we got to have you back on the back on the podcast. It's, it's a lot to, to dive into. Um, yo, that's major right there. So uh, y- your kids now, you, how much do you pour into them? Like from an entrepreneur perspective, like are you teaching them values early? Because I don't have kids, but I, I, I could imagine like as soon as my son or daughter is born, I'm like we talking hoops and, and money <laughs> off the rip. <laughs> right, right. So no, I pour, I pour into them a lot, man. Uh, they see me, uh, yeah, they see me doing my thing. So like, even uh, like my son Max at seven, I always make sure that, you know, like when it comes like from a chores perspective and things like that, like he makes money, you feel me, he get paid. So he understand exchange labor for money. Like it ain't just like, it's something that you're supposed to do, but I was never really kind of taught it that way. My mom just made me do those things, wash clothes, <laughs> shit like that. But it's funny though, it's crazy. Cause like real rap, I be in a project or we be hustling. You feel me out there doing it, doing the physical work. And I got this broom. And I just remember them times. I know you had that rough house in your house and you just sweeping and your arms hurt. <laughs> I remember those times and it's just like, dang, I never thought that I would grow up to get paid to take out the garbage and use a broom. Like this shit, <laughs> very basic skill that I was taught, but like we literally make thousands of dollars doing it for companies. So it was just like, I automatically connected dots with my son and make sure that he getting paid for things like that. And uh, understands the concept of compensation and worth and value. You feel me? And even with my businesses, so I got like a little uh, paper that give them, you feel me? Uh, clean your room, $2. Clean your shoes, a dollar a piece. You feel me? Uh, wash clothes, two bucks. You feel me? Stuff like that. But I have them go work with me too. Marketing and advertising. I yeah. do business cards. You go out when we out and you handing out cards, whether for whatever business it is. You feel me? Uh, you know, uh, executive assistant or administrative assistant, stuff like that. I'm making, you know, this is $10 and $15. Mm-hmm. It's like when we out, just make sure that you feel me you your mind frame is always working around that's powerful bro so you just schooled me when i have kids i'm stealing all that <laughs> real, man. Like, that's valuable right there so so we do that um my other son luciano he uh like i got a picture in here in my, in my money lounge it's basically a newspaper article and like growing up as a kid like i've always in my room i always collected like all my things like my trophies and stuff like that like pictures of my name I always kind of like glorify myself in a sense, but I got this magazine on that, this newspaper joint in a frame right here, but he sees it. He's like, daddy, like daddy, like, yeah, daddy right there. <laughs> but he get, he's only two, but he sees it and he understand it. It's like, 
you know, it's, it's kind of kind of crazy how it how it connects. But he about to turn three, and uh, I'm gonna start him his own uh, clothing line, selling shirts and stuff like that. You know, I kind of dropped out the swag race, but he got more swag than I got, so it was easy to influence kids that way. So I understand that. Yeah. You know, if he can make a couple, you know, twenty bucks, fifteen bucks a week or whatever it's gonna do, and just continue to build it up over time, like that's cool with me. But guy said he dropped out the swag race. I feel that. <laughs> construction stuff stuff like that so i get fly but you feel me it's not really a priority to me i don't have a bunch of sneakers and stuff i invest my money in my businesses for real for real. i don't really mm-hmm. you know spend on, on too much major fact bro i definitely got washed after i started businesses it was like because you i you make a thousand dollars it's like all right i could grab these jays or these yeezys for 300 mm-hmm. or, you know what i'm saying i could get like 300 could get you <laughs> facebook ads you know what i mean yeah. or 300 could get you I don't know, some sort of marketing, a subscription. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, it's, it definitely got real once the business started. Along that line too, bro, like, was it more difficult being an entrepreneur with kids or without kids? No, absolutely, it's more difficult. It's a uh, it's a different type of, it's a different type of struggle, just in a sense of like, from a time perspective, like you kind of like, more so wrapped around their world and their needs and stuff, you're actually responsible for something. Yeah. So, um, I can say like, cause I've, I've had the opportunity to have that spirit early. So I was 15, 16 running around until I was, you know, I hit that wall at 18, but that was like, all right, once they end up dying, it was, it was a whole nother lesson and we can get into that on another yeah. time. Like I had a fresh start again. So like refuel, but with a whole new purpose. Cause I had a, a purpose and understanding of how easy it was to die. Like I actually held my son like, yeah. while, he, while he was dying, like for real. Yeah. They had him in the uh, incubator the whole time because he was born premature. So you can only like put your finger in there to touch him with a finger. Yeah. Like so when the organs and stuff started failing, Doc basically came in like, look, you just basically prolonging his death. Like, what it's going to be. You know, yeah. Eric and all that type of stuff. But I'm just trying to stand strong. Like, you'll just gain my son. They put him in a little blanket, put a hat on him, and like I sat in a rocking chair. And uh, that was just like, he just got stiff and cold. Like, it was quick though, but it was a like, I can't even explain the feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, that was the closest I could feel death. Mm-hmm. It was an awakening of how simple it was and how frivolous we are with. How fragile, yeah. Fragile yeah. life is. So it kind of sparked up something different in me and like sent me on a whole nother war path again. Mm. Yeah. That's big too, though. I was going to mention, even with your, your kids that you have now, um, who are healthy and all that, you know, thank God, obviously, but um, that feeling of purpose. And legacy that actually you started with in the other direction, talking about your grandfather, mm-hmm. right? And lineage and all of that. Um, would you say like how much of a part of your motivation and uh, all of that are your kids to your your businesses and just how you are as a person, your go getter mentality? Uh, I feel like I don't know. I feel like it's there. It's there. It's already there without them. Like it's already like a thing. Like I can't. I can't even think of anything else. Thing else that I could be or would want yeah. to. Like I'm just kind of like built like that. I feel like I've been molded and shaped over time. You know, ran through nine, ten jobs and figured out all these different things. Ran through a bunch of businesses, but like they motivate me from a perspective of uh, like real time. Like you know, it's actually something here that's really depending on you, or you know, this joint got to get paid, or this actually has to happen. But like I'm more so like. I think their motivation for me is more so finding myself and being like that, that better man, that bigger person, that mm-hmm. that that community guy, that person that's just you know always on on point because you can't really slip up. You don't have no no error, no room for it for real, for real, because you got this real thing depending on you. So 
I think it's more motivation from that standpoint than it is like money and like saying I want to get this big business for my kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a part of our community too, though, because a lot of times the you know more wealthy they pass these type of things down. So it is that part of it for me, um, from a legacy building standpoint and uh, trying to have the right models and say, but like my grandfather he passed, like it's nothing. We're not getting them. It ain't. Yeah. So I don't. I can't have that be the case because it has to continue on, and I don't. It don't need to be like we need to start from scratch if we already understand how to build the systems or what's going on. So yeah. Nah, that's a fact, bro. So, um, if somebody's watching this or listening to this and they're like, yo, this guy, man, cool, man. Like, you remind me of me or whatever. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find you can find me on Instagram at Young Mogul CEO. And uh that's what that's where I'm at for 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 a time being. You definitely try to find me on uh YouTube and my Black Diamond Construction uh page. I'm about to do a new bossed up page. I am basically revamping my bossed up series, and that's really the platform that uh, I have to kind of wrap all these things up in one because it's like I could be so many different characters. I just it's basically the behind the scenes of what's going on, behind the scenes of the man. So you'll yeah. get to see the father, uh, you'll be able to get to see the business, you'll get to be able to see, you know, just get different jewels and gems and things that you know just hit me as, as life is coming. So uh, look out for the bossed up series revamped um, in the documentary for sure. Yo, so how long you had that that uh, Instagram name, Young Mogul CEO? Uh, probably at least like five years now, I want to say. Yeah, you've been at that for a minute. So, yo, what's next for you uh, besides construction? Right, we want to grow that company. Do you have any other aspirations? Um, it don't even got to be business. It could just be a hobby, bro. Like, I don't know. Anything. Like, what's next for you other than Black Diamond Construction? Man, I can definitely say definitely having this conversation with you for sure, for sure. I want to kind of get more into an active fitness role, um, more, more, just more consistently. Like I've been having my phases, I go in and out. I definitely want to, uh, I want to get into some men's leagues and play some ball a little bit more. Um, that, was yeah, that joint is hard when you got a business. Cause it's, it's so hard to prioritize like playing a game with my friend. I hoop, like, you know, I play basketball. I have a company. I do it like basically for a living. Yo, like, Wednesday night at 9 a.m. a men's league game. I'm like, man, what? I got live it though. Keep though. Keep the perspective of it though, right? So mm-hmm. just imagine, right? Like you went pro, you did, you went through the cycle, right? Did all the great things. Like that moment when you went cold turkey and just like kind of changed and went business, but like you still kind of have like you still active in a sense. You might hoop, but like you around the business itself. Like I know. Yeah before it but like how my joint laid out was like i played basketball that was my first love before i got into business so um mm. my, my my journey i basically played ball with all my friends we played aau and then we end up going to states 11th grade year and 12th grade year so played basketball with these guys the same aau guys we end up going to states right um i, ended up, I didn't make varsity i played jv uh my 11th grade year it stumped me out for somebody else and shit and then I ended up getting a girl pregnant and then that's when it switched over. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna keep trying to fight for this spot and then try to go to college or I'm not, I gotta get this bread right. So like yeah. my, my war pack joint. So that was kind of like what separated me. But like, when I tell you that I haven't played in, maybe played in like one league, maybe early twenties, but like I haven't played in like organized basketball since 11th grade but oh yeah yeah it's so embedded in my my spirit my body like i play basketball literally every day with no ball like i'm coming through. <laughs> it's crazy it's hard how to explain it but like 
I play literally play every day, and I really took the time to really sit back. Like, dang, I still never stopped playing though. But like, yeah. it's just a thing. It's in me. So like, I gotta really get it out and be more, uh, more dedicated to myself. To like, yo, you feel me? Yeah, it's, yeah. I already eat how small it is, but like, it's so important because I can't. No, stop. you're absolutely right, bro. You're absolutely yeah. right. I'm spoiled. Like, I got the company. I'm on the court every single day. You know what I'm saying? So like, as much as I'm like, I don't feel like playing. Like I'm playing. I got a ball. I, I touch a leather ball every single. Yo, I got a ball. If I, re- <laughs> I got a ball right here, right. So, I feel you on that. Um, and that's just like that could be a whole nother episode, bro. We talk about it a couple times on here in past episodes, just mm-hmm. about like prioritizing and like, like uh, what's the term? It's not self love. It's, it's like bigger than that. But it's it's just really putting like yeah, like your mental space like first mm-hmm. because we talk about money. We talk about even family and legacy. Like, how often, though, like, do we talk about ourselves and, like, what we need? Because, mm-hmm. yo, I skip the gym, bro, for some business. Like, <laughs> sure. I, it, I don't care how small it is. If it's something that's going to grow my business or grow my future or grow my bank account, um, it's getting prioritized over a yoga session or going to the gym. Or, yo, even, like, even a vacation, bro. I've canceled vacations for mm-hmm. work. Like, what's the, that's the whole point of a vacation. But... Like when you from the bottom or when you had a struggle coming up, right? Or you experience like that rock bottom of being broke. Uh-huh. It's hard to convince somebody like, yo, you know what? Like you spend an hour and a half at the gym is equally as important as you spend an hour and a half in your office or, <laughs> you know what I mean? On phone calls. So it's tough, but I do now that I'm like older, more mature and like kind of been through that fire. I can look back and say, man, like it that stuff ain't really matter. Like I could have been taking care of myself more. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like I could have been like really taking care of myself. This pandemic even too is like a wake up call to that. Like right. that of like money and the concept of money and time. Uh-huh. We was talking about that before too. Like it's eye opening. Like money don't really matter. Like your work, your job, like how fast it could be snatched away from you. And I'm saying that with like a grain of salt, but you get what I'm saying? Even time, like, like all the like the concept of time it really like real you see what i mean it's like uh i don't know that could be a whole nother episode as well but you get what i'm saying yeah for sure for sure definitely that so i'll probably say the last thing like was for me and and, and i'm speaking from a uh not an immediate standpoint but like i got my i had my models i had the things that i'm that i'm creating the things that i'm building right but outside of just being fit and just kind of getting that part of my my being together. I said that by the time I was 30, that I wasn't really going to create any more businesses from scratch. So I'm trying to get my fix out now. I'm, I'm <laughs> clearing the plate from like businesses that, you know, need to be shut down or closed and like just kind of getting those organized, getting my mainstay ones more focused and more centered. Consolidating. Like, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than myself, bigger than my vision. Like I want like, almost like a power team almost like, you feel me? Whether it's still, it could still be a real estate company or whatever the case may be, but I want to be partnered in with some other uh, brilliant minds because a lot of times it's like, you know, I'm the center of it. I'm the brilliant mind or the visionary of it, but like it's the operation is so important to the vision. So being able to collaborate with other brilliant minds with the same vision focus it's going to make it way easier to develop and grow a business and continue to keep my mind sharp too. So it's like, I'm, 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 I'm aggressively like searching that, that right situation and uh, just hoping it fall at the right time really. But 
that's smart. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I suck at strategic partnerships. Like I, I hate hitting up people to partner. Mm. I hate hitting IG pages to collab. Like I, I don't like it. <laughs> so I gotta get nicer with that too, because at the end of the day, I'm not being fed. Like my genius mind, my brilliant mind isn't being fed. It's being used and poured into other people or managing a team or whatever. But mm. like, I need to surround myself just as you said, with people on my level or higher. If you're not doing that, then you're essentially not growing. You're going to burn out. And now it's like, okay, where, where can you, how are you learning, right? Like, who are you, who's feeding you? Who's holding you accountable? Like, I don't have no accountability right now. I'm not going to hold you. Right. So I'm trying to get better with that. Even if you go back on my podcast, like season one, mm-hmm. season two, I tried like hopping on here, monologuing, doing that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. season three, it's all special guests. Like, I have somebody on that podcast. And what that forced me to do was, A, acknowledge other people other than myself, right? And then, B, even connect with, like, you and I, we cool. Like, we show mad love online. But we don't, like, speak often. Right. Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, we both in the real estate industry. Even if we're not doing business together, why aren't we masterminding and busting it more often? Correct. Probably my fault, you know what I mean? Because I just don't value it. And I'd be like, man, I, like... You know, you get so busy and blah, 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 but... You're the beast, man. You know, everybody got things going on, man, and it's a lot. So I would, I would say to you, as the entrepreneur right now with no kids, like, bro, I'm telling you, like, you got the most energy and the most fire that you're going to ever have. Because <laughs> you have some... You, you, you just going to move differently. Like, they usually be like, pop, pop, you feel me? Like, I can't say, like, all right, the time where we was really spending a lot of time together, you feel me? J and M, they would have pictures of me falling asleep in a chair, like knocked out a bunch of them Jones because I wouldn't stop and I would just fall out wherever I was at. <laughs> it's not really like that no more. It's like, you feel me? You got family time and stuff like that. You keep you managing your time different. Day. It might be in the middle of the day. It could be in the evening time. You feel me? But like, you just figure out a way to work a strategy around it all. But it works because it all ends up being in your ultimate purpose. Because by the time you have something, it's gonna be nothing that you feel more that you need to protect or do do for. You feel me? Yeah. So it give you a different different type of energy too about it. But in terms of just being freelance, you can go do it move differently. So like definitely get your like get your steam get it out, out now. as far as you can because you know oh. it'll, it'll be it'll be different. Darden, that's big, bro. I appreciate all the gems today, man. We appreciate you coming on to the episode. Everybody who's listening, don't forget to uh, you know shoot Chris a follow. At Young Mogul CEO, all spelled correctly, Y-O-U-N-G, Mogul, if y'all don't know how to spell Mogul, M-O-U. No, I'm about that, (laughs) M-O-G-U-L, Young Mogul CEO on IG. You can follow uh, his company, Black Diamond Construction, at B-L-K Diamond Construction, right? Yep. That's all the way written out. It's not like construct, it's construction. Yep, B-L-K Diamond Construction. Yeah, BLK Diamond Construction. Guys, um, don't forget to follow me, myself, Art Morrison III, on Instagram and every other social media platform. But most importantly, like, subscribe, share this podcast. We on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, every platform you probably know about. So make sure you like, share, subscribe. Chris, once again, man, I appreciate you hopping on, bro. Definitely going to have you on again. Um okay. Yeah, we put music behind these, man. What what is the instrumental? So what instrumental you want behind your podcast? Ah, that's a good question, man. Good question. What instrumental? All right, let me let me let me let me let me send yeah, you. Yeah, hit me on the side. Let me know. Yeah, let me send you a text on that. I want to make sure it's right. Also, we ain't really get to dive in hoops. We we're gonna I'm I'm I'm, I'm a thousand percent gonna have you back on. But real quick before we hop off here, um, 
Who's your favorite basketball player of all time? All time, Kobe Bryant. Yo, see, we gotta connect. I ain't know that was okay. I'm a Kobe and Hove fan as well. Like I'll like I'll scrap over Kobe, bro. Like yeah, his passing this year is tragic. Remember the you first watching like on the tube, the one with the little knob when it click when you turn it, like dang, like oh shoot, who is that? You feel yeah, me? Yeah, young boy going crazy. Getting number eight first. That was the first number I had. Oh wow. Yo, that's tough. See, now nah, we gonna. I'm about to hit you on the side. I forgot you, Kobe and a whole fan, two for two, bro. Um, Kobe's obviously no longer playing, and Jordan is. You know, he got his documentary out, The Last Dance. Everybody's making comparisons and yada yada. So, with all that being said, who's your favorite current and active player? My favorite current and active player. Uh, that's a good question. I'm biased, but I'm gonna go with Deion Waiters. Hmm. That's <laughs> bias. That's definitely bias. I, I like Russell Westbrook. Deion cool too though. Where's Deion yeah. at right now? Huh? Where's he at right now? What team is he? I don't even know what team he's on. He just went to LA. Clippers or Lakers? Lakers. Really? Lakers. So they Why got did I know that. Got one of the Morris twins. I, I knew that. Hmm. Alright. Let me tune into the Lakers if, if we ever get back to the NBA being the NBA as we know it. But listen, everybody, stay safe throughout this pandemic. Chris, I appreciate you taking you know this much time to spend. Um, so I'd like you to get back and tend to your businesses. Once again, guys, follow Chris Darden at Young Mogul CEO on Instagram. Follow myself at Art Morrison III and like, share, subscribe to this podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and every other platform that you may know. I'm Art Morrison III, and I'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.